Hi, and welcome to The Movie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? I'm Rosha. And I'm Hannah. And exciting news, we are officially on Patreon. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the booby girls. And we want to give a quick shout out to one of our patrons. His name's Saeed. Wow. We already have friends. We have patrons. Saeed we is have- my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear the word or the name Saeed, I always think about Lost. And then I get really excited because I really oh, liked yeah. Saeed. We Lost. just we just started the last season of Lost. Yeah, I forced Hannah to watch it because she just kept saying, we all know how it ends. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> I just need it to end. I don't care how it ends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the episode. This week we are covering Interview with the Vampire. Funny enough, I've always called this interview with a vampire. When you Google it, it almost like fills it in with a vampire. So I think you're not the only one. Okay, good. Uh, But I have titled this one, uh, Bite Me Brad Pitt. (laughs) All right. Take it how you will. (laughs) That's so funny. All right. So the book was uh, originally published May 5th, 1976, and it's written by Anne Rice. And the movie came out in 1994. It's rated R. It's a drama horror, obviously. Uh, Two hours and three minutes. It was directed by Neil Jordan and screenwritten by the author of the book, Anne Rice. Cool. Um, The IMDb synopsis writes, A vampire tells his epic life story, love, betrayal, loneliness, and hunger. And that's it. (laughs) He was hungry. (laughs) We all are. (laughs) Uh, some fun facts about the book. Uh, this is actually the first book in a series of 13 novels. That I are, saw that. I was yeah. like, oh my god!" Titled The Vampire Chronicles, the latest of which was published in 2018. So she's been writing these for quite some time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Anne has got some things going on. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so it actually, uh, the idea for Interview with a Vampire started as a short story. And she composed the novel shortly after the death of her young daughter, Michelle, who actually served as the inspiration for Claudia's Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. She actually only took five weeks to complete the 338-page novel, that's, which again, I'm that's like... That's almost as long as it took me to read it. <laughs> right? I'm like, how do these people... like? You gotta be like feverishly writing. Hey, when to get uh, it done. you know inspiration strikes. No, I I couldn't even finish like five page papers in school in five weeks. That's true. <laughs> um, and then lastly, the novel has been adapted as a comic three t- three different times as well. Like a funny haha, a comic like a yeah, like, like a, oh a, comic book yeah like a comic oh strip book thing. She kind of like was ahead of the times on the vampire craze. I think yeah. I'd you say know, that. these are one of the. This is one of the OG stories. Of I know vampires. I couldn't help but like think because the only reference I have is Twilight, the Twilight series, and I like I noticed certain things that were yeah. similar, and I was like, oh, you've never watched True Blood? No, I personally don't actually like that vampire uh, stories. Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, we know you <laughs> like him. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. We're going to, like, really get you into some vampire stuff. There's way too many vampire adaptations. Uh, I'm good with the wizards. Okay, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, the movie has a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty good considering it's been out for so long. Uh, the budget for the movie was $60 million. It grossed $105 million in the U.S. and twenty-two or $223 million worldwide. So, it's a wow. hu- it was a huge box office hit. Yeah. Uh, so there was a lot of things going on in this movie, which is kind of funny. Uh, especially the, the makeup. What did you think of the makeup? I think for the most part, they looked different. So job well done. I mean, they didn't look like themselves. (laughs) So the, the, the makeup was one of like the big things surrounding this movie. And even if you, during the credits, the opening credits, it has like vampire makeup done by like oh. they, they really wanted it to be known. And one of their techniques that they used, they actually hung the actors upside down for 30 minutes to have all of their like blood vessels oh like pop God. out more. <laughs> uh, but the actors literally hated it. No, I would no too. Wonder. It took them like three hours to do their makeup every day, which it was just. So like those vessels and those veins are actually theirs. They're not like fake. I like, think they were like, on. I think they were like. Accentuated. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay. But that was kind of how they did it, which is just wild. <laughs> to fascinating. Me. Uh, but Anne Rice, as we talked about, she was so, 
she loved the adaptation of it considering you know she was a screenwriter Mm -hmm. um but she loved it so much that she ended up taking a two-page ad out in vanity fair and the new york times endorsing it as a masterpiece (laughs) she loved it that much (laughs) all right (laughs) which i'm sure wasn't cheap so Anne rice must be doing okay for herself i mean (laughs) after 13 novels in just one series i'd say so uh so san francisco isn't a a place in the book. It's not really mentioned, but in the movie it is. And they actually got permission to shut down two lanes of the golden gate bridge for the end of the movie. Wow. Which I'm like, again, how much did that cost? Was that like at midnight though? Or like super I don't know, but I felt like it wasn't necessary. No, but I, I, a lot of things in movie making aren't necessary and they still do it. Very true. (laughs) Um, so the estate that, um, Louis, is at at the beginning of the movie is actually an old historic plantation. It's called the Oak Valley plantation and it's located on the Mississippi river in Louisiana. Uh, and it's really, it's near new Orleans and they have an actual guest book there. And if you go there, uh, you can see Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise both, both signed it. That's cool. It was kind of neat. It was a really nice place. I know we, when we were in new Orleans last year, we were going to do a plantation tour, Mm -hmm. but it was like, seven hours long and like two hundred dollars but i think it would have been so fascinating we went on the alligator tour instead that sounds a little bit more fun yeah uh there's a scene towards um the end of the movie where uh louis watching superman Mm -hmm. uh so that obviously wasn't in the in the book because uh superman actually wasn't written at that time in the book It it didn't come out until uh two years after the book was written so a little Easter egg in, inside the movie. Uh, and then lastly, Oprah Winfrey, she's actually one of the bigger endorsers of this movie. She actually said that she really liked it, but she ended up uh, walking out of the premiere because she felt it was like too disgusting and there was too much blood. So she walked out. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, Did she stay more than 30 minutes though? Because you know how we feel about those people. <laughs> let me just tell you, Karen had some, had a word for Oprah in our reviews <laughs> this week. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll agree with Oprah. It was a little uh, more on the gory side than yes, I would have liked. Yes. Uh, so the cast of the movie really is kind of star studded. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, a lot of these actors were known at the time, but now we're very well known. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start with Louie, who is one of the main vampires who's actually telling his story in the movie, is played by Brad Pitt. He's a little bit older than written in the book. He's like in his 20s in the book. Mm-hmm. And at the time of the movie release, Brad Pitt was 31. Uh, but the, the, I love Brad Pitt in this time. Like, he's just beautiful. So pretty. Like, there are so many times during this movie where I'm like, yeah, this is this is the Brad Pitt we remember. Yeah. Like beautiful and pretty are, are specifically why the 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 words we pick because he's aesthetically like so pretty. Like yeah. it's not even like he's handsome or anything. He's just really really pretty. Yeah. Uh, but he hated doing this movie. Oh. Absolutely hated it. Uh, from the makeup that was torture to get on, the contacts they made him wear. Because remember back in the early '90s, contacts were not as yeah. you know as advanced as they are now. Um, but he tried to get out of it. He like called the producer and was like begging to get out of it, but it was going to end up costing him $40 million to get out of his contract. So he ended up just toughing it out. Well, and I'm sure he's made quite a pretty penny from this movie. Oh, since. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. But I thought it was funny, but shoot, Brad Pitt was perfect for this, for this role. Oh, a hundred percent. Uh, so the other vampire main vampire is Lestat, uh, and that's played by Tom Cruise. Uh, he was 32 when the movie came out. So again, a little bit older than it was portrayed in the book. Um, but there was a lot of other people that were actually up for this role. Uh, Johnny Depp was actually offered the role, uh, as well as Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks actually turned down the film to go film, uh, Forrest Gump at the same time. I could never no. in a million years see Tom Hanks. Johnny never. Depp I could see, yeah. but not Tom Hanks. Not in a million years. And also, what a great decision because Forrest Gump is a classic. <laughs> Very true. But I could have never seen it. It would have never worked. No. Uh, but we all know that Tom Cruise is a little um, height challenged. <laughs> yes. So there were times during the scenes when they had him on a platform to reduce the height difference between him and Brad Pitt. Oh, that must have been such a shot to his ego. I'm sure, but I'm sure it's not the first time it's happened. There's no way. <laughs> um, I personally cannot stand Tom Cruise. Like, I purposely avoid movies that have him in it because I just <laughs> I can't stand him. But f- realistically, I thought he was actually really good I thought in he this. did a really good job. Uh, I don't know if it's because he's supposed to play the part of, like, a really, like, obnoxious and just, like, arrogant guy but he played it perfectly (laughs) well and to get ready for the role he actually watched um a lot of hours of of zebras being attacked by lions and that's how he portrayed himself as a vampire 
Wow. He's, he's a strange one. <laughs> but yeah, I thought he did a great job and Tom Hanks would not, had, would not have done that. No. <laughs> uh, so the next character we'll talk about is Claudia. So Claudia is the little girl who they end up turning into a vampire. Is played by one of my least favorite actresses of all time, Kirsten Dunst. Really? I cannot stand Kirsten Dunst. Why? One, her name is Kirsten. Sorry, no offense to anyone whose name is Kirsten out there. But I, I mean, I just can't with her. I hated her and bring it on and everything else. I just, she just bugs me. She bugs the living daylights out of me. She reminds me of, um, not in any way, like vis- or, um, physically, she reminds me a lot of Julia Stiles yes. in the way that like a lot of people hate Julia Stiles. Yes. I just didn't realize that you were such a... No, I cannot. Not a fan of her. But funny enough, uh, Julia Stiles was up for this role as well. Oh. Uh, It was her. Yeah, she tried out for it. Christina Ricci, who I love. And she she would have been perfect. perfect. But yeah, they all auditioned, but it it ended up going um, to Kirsten instead. And she's actually quite a bit older in the movie than she is in the Mm -hmm. book. In the book, she's supposed to be like a five-year-old. Right. And uh, Kirsten Dunst was 12 years old when she filmed this. And she portrays older. And she's a natural blonde, right? Yes. So maybe that kind of gave her the upper hand because Christina Ricci's hair is like super dark I don't know I don't care Christina Ricci would have killed it she would have I mean Uh, she is she's the queen of Casper exactly Uh, but Kirsten's parents actually did not let her watch the movie when it came out because they thought it was too scary so it was years later when she actually saw the film interesting I will say I personally liked her in this movie I don't have as much hatred for her as you do I think she's fine and bring it on is she the star of that movie no but it's still pretty the thing that bugs me especially watching this film she literally her her facial her face didn't change when she grew up she just got bigger like that's just a miniature adult version of her which i, I know like is like lot- what a kid but no i look totally different than i did when i was 12 i don't i feel like i look the same also there's a lot of kid actors like dakota fanning looks the exact same it's bizarre <laughs> it's so bizarre uh but yeah like her temper tantrums i just she yeah. played the brat fine yeah but that's the funny thing like i didn't necessarily get a brat vibe from claudia's character in the book I think it still worked in the movie sense. Um, But yeah, I feel like a little bit, she didn't really like stick to what I thought was going to be. Well, and this character really like, you know, she starts out as a little kid and then her mind grows up and Mm -hmm. she's like a 30 year old woman stuck in a, in a child's body. And I didn't get that. She felt like a child to me the entire time. That's fair. So, so his name is Malloy, but we don't actually, we didn't know that this was his name, Uh, but this is a guy who's, uh, interviewing Louis during it and it's oh. played by Christian Slater. Who... That was his name? Malloy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But we in the book, he's just called the boy. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he was 25 years old and in, in the movie, um, I think he's supposed to be way younger in the book, but yeah. they don't really talk about it. It's kind of a strange character. Like, uh, have you seen the princess bride? No, it was, it's very much kind of how that it's like a storytelling. And mm-hmm. then it goes back to someone telling the story, mm-hmm. But it's played by Christian Slater. Um, I love him. I think he's great. I just watched him in Dirty John, um, the Betty Broderick story. Um, And he really has aged pretty well for the most part. I was going to say, how old did you say he was in the He was 25 then. He looks exactly the same right now. I know. (laughs) I like that he could literally play himself in this movie right now. (laughs) So um, interesting enough, though, the role was actually given to River Phoenix. And River Phoenix actually ended up dying before they filmed this. So um, Slater, who who actually knew River personally, um, ended up donating uh, $250,000 of his salary of the movie to um, one of his favorite charities. That's amazing. Which was kind of cool. R.I.P. River Phoenix. I know. Uh, And the last character is Armand, Uh is played by Antonio Banderas. Uh, (laughs) Mr. Zorro. Yes. (laughs) Zorro and Puss in Boots. Oh, God. Your thing with Puss in Boots, It's man. so great. It's one of my favorite animated characters of all time. He's so great. Uh, Antonio was 34 during this time, so he's a little bit older than than the other two. Um, but he actually voices the um, dubbed over version of the movie in Spanish. Makes sense. So, uh, But I love him. He's, I love him, too. Ugh, I love the him. The only problem I had is he's supposed to have auburn hair, but True. his hair is, like, super dark. But, but he, was, he, like, reminded me so much of, like, the original vampire or the Volturi from Twilight. Yeah. Like he could have been, he would have fit in perfectly with them. So that's it for characters. Cool. All right. Time for our games rounds. First up, we've got who said it. Actually, I have a game first for you. It's not really a game, but I just a question for you. Okay. If you were turned into a vampire, what age would you have wanted to be turned into one? Or maybe later on in life. 
Because um, you're 30 right now. Yeah. So pick an age. Well, aside from this year just being <laughs> awful, yes. I feel like 30 would be a, a good age. Because I do feel bad for Claudia's character, like, being yes. five and being turned into... Like, you literally right. never get to see adulthood. Right. But 30 is, like, a good age where I've experienced a lot of life. Mm-hmm. But now I'm good. Like, I don't want to age in, like, features. I just want to be 30 for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. What about you? Uh, I would be 27. Because that's when I was my skinniest. <laughs> I was, like, in the best shape of my life. It's before I met my ex. So I would have never had gone through that. Or I could have just, like, eaten him. Um, but, yeah, that was a great year. I, like, didn't have a whole lot of cares in my life other than just working out. That's fair. So. That's an interesting question. Yeah. I was just thinking about Plot it. because Yeah. I was thought it was interesting because I felt like the guys in this movie got, like, the good end of the stick. Totally. So. Yeah. If I could look like that for the rest of my life, that'd be nice. Right. Okay. Fine. Go ahead with All your right. games. On to who said it. <laughs> All right. First quote. I lived like a man who wanted to die, but who had no courage to do it himself. That was Louis. Yes. Wow. You were very quick with that. I was. I love Louis. I, lo- I love Louis. He's one okay. of my favorite characters. <laughs> All right. Next up. Vampires are killers. Predators. Whose all seeing eyes were meant to give them detachment. Ooh. Hmm. Lestat? Mm-hmm. That was a total guess. <laughs> That was a good one. Next one. I don't think I've been fortunate in feeling love for many people or many things. That's it. That's it. Armand. Yes. Wow, that's another total guess. (laughs) Last one. But what of the hearts that survive? Are you sure you haven't fathered a league of monsters who, from time to time, struggled vainly and instinctively to follow in your footsteps? Oh my gosh, I have no idea. Louis. No. Claudia. <laughs> That's why. Did you think I was going to trip you up by giving well, maybe. you two Louis? Maybe. <laughs> All right. Next up is F. Mary Kill. I mean, are there any other characters than the three I'm going to say? Let's be honest. <laughs> well, you can't do Claudia because she's 12. Well, yes. <laughs> also, apparently you hate her. So, yes. um, so Lestat, Louis, and Armand. Okay. That's easy. <laughs> I'm going to marry Louis. Okay. Because he's just, like, nice. He actually still has feelings. For a while. For a while. Uh, I will let Armand suck my blood. And but that means you die, right? No, he'll turn me into a vampire. So oh, okay. Uh, and I will kill Lestat, obviously. Okay. Um, I will also marry Louis, um, just because he's Brad Pitt and he's pretty. Um, I will let Lestat suck my blood. Gross. Why? Because did you see how he sucks blood? Like he's got a lot of passion. (laughs) Yes. He has a lot of passion, like a lion killing a zebra. (laughs) Exactly. See, he knows he studied and I will sadly, um, have to kill Armand, even though I love, love him. You just sounded like you were evicting someone from the big brother house. (laughs) (laughs) I've been watching big brother too much. (laughs) I sadly vote to evict Armand. All right, so let's get into it. We will go through the timeline of the movie, uh, and then we will fill in the blanks of how the book and the movie differ. So right off the bat, we get a scene that they are in San Francisco, which San Francisco is not mentioned in the book at all. Nope. So not sure why, but it's fine. (laughs) I like San Francisco. Uh, And we get, you know, just kind of how it's set up in the book, uh, the boy, quote unquote, Christian Slater, (laughs) is interviewing a vampire. We never really find out why he's interviewing him no just he's just there for (laughs) for whatever reason and brad pitt comes out and he says i'm a vampire and that he was actually like waiting in the alleyway for the boy to come out he's been kind of following him Mm -hmm. which was creepy (laughs) and he like proves to him that he's a vampire he shows him you know his face he comes out and so now christian slater malloy is really invested and he's ready to hear the story of louis um if that was me and brad pitt had shown my himself to me like that i would have ran for the freaking door no like, kidding i'm scared no thank you gotta go <laughs> yeah no thanks so we flash back to 1791 and we see that louis is a master of a very large plantation in new orleans and in this kind of opening montage, he mentions that he's lost his wife and his and his child during childbirth, which is not why he is depressed in the book. No. Something different happens. Yeah, in the book, his his brother passes away. Yeah, and that's kind of what what sends him into a tailspin, into depression, and then eventually leads him to. Well, and in the book, they people blame him for his brother's 
for his mother's death. Yeah. So he's even more like humdrum. (laughs) Very (laughs) sad. Yeah. And in the book, he's got a sister, a mom that they don't mention in the the movie. Uh, But yeah, he becomes depressed. Um, He longed for death. He just wanted somebody to kill him because he felt he had no reason to live anymore. And he gets bitten by a vampire. Uh, He basically gets lifted into the air. (laughs) by tom cruise and then drops him into the water yeah <laughs> a little bit more dramatic than i think it happened in the book i don't think it even happened in, like that in the book no it didn't it didn't <laughs> but basically at this point after after he is bitten he's you know kind of in between life and death at this point he becomes very sick uh and then lestat comes back to visit him and he kind of tells him like you know, this is what's going to happen. He goes to see his last sunset, which happens in the book as well. Mm-hmm. And he bites him again. And he drains all of his br- his blood to like the brink of death. And then he decides that he will choose to become a vampire. And he gives, you know, him his blood. Because that's how, in this story, that's how vampires are made. Yes. So every vampire is <laughs> every vampire story has its different ways. I was of gonna say apparently there's a lot of different ways to become a vampire. There is, there is. Um, and then he transitions into a vampire, which seems very like quick to me. Yeah. Very quick and very. It's you know I thought it was supposed to be painful, but evidently not. Well, not when you're Brad Pitt. No, he becomes even more beautiful at this point. <laughs> uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Lestat actually gives him the choice in the book. I don't think he does either. I think he just does it. And he's like, well, now you're a vampire. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, And so now it goes back to the interview. um, And the interviewer starts asking him, like, what about crucifixes? Like, you know, what about wooden stakes? And we start to figure out, like, a lot of those are misconceptions of how vampires can die and that, you know, garlic doesn't affect them. Mm -hmm. And they kind of do a little bit of that rundown in the book as well. Mm -hmm. But he does say that coffins are necessary and that they also have to feed. And then it goes back to you know the 1700s and we get Lestat and Louis are feeding off of these women in the bar which I'm like honey what are you doing like (laughs) I mean could you say no to Brad Pitt I mean no but like (laughs) it just seemed too easy to me you know um but at that point like Louis you know is kind of going a little Edward Cullen and is like I don't want to like kill people like can I you know and he's he you can see him struggling uh and then we see them kind of back at the plantation together and they're living together um something that you just mentioned is that you know in the in the movie Lestat doesn't give Louis the option of do you mm-hmm. want to become a vampire because Louis is really invested and he wants his plantation. Yeah. And he's you like, mean Lestat. Yes. Lestat yeah. wants Louis's plantation. Mm-hmm. That's like one of his main reasons of turning him into a vampire. Right. He has a sick father that he needs like to, you know, to live in this house to be taken care of. So yeah, he has an ulterior motive. For yeah. Sure. Which doesn't come up at all mm-hmm. in, in the, in the movie, in the movie, it's more like he wants just the companion, which yeah. it, it is in the book as well. But that not the initial reason right. for it. So now they're at this party in New Orleans, which, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't happen in the book, right? I don't think so. I don't remember there being... I, I definitely don't remember the part. So they're... they're Are you talking about the lady that they, they both like yeah. suck her blood? No, yes. that wasn't in the book. <laughs> uh, so they're at this big party in New Orleans and the homeowner is there. It's like an older woman. And, you know... Lestat can kind of hear her her mm-hmm. thoughts and we find out that she has killed had her husband killed so she can be with this younger guy well they lure her outside with her little poodles oh. and all of a sudden Louis starts killing the poodles and eating the poodles and I was How like dare oh he. I was like poor dogs and they look like little moose oh I would done. never they look like your dog no. a little bit Uh, and then we see him feeding in the chicken coop he's killed all the chickens <laughs> uh, but yeah so again it's that whole you know that whole fight with inside Louis of him not wanting to kill humans. He'll just try to live off of animals. I did notice like in the movie, a lot more of a kinship between Lestat and Louis that we didn't really get in the book. Like in the book he has, Louis has quite a disdain for Lestat and like the fact that he made him this way. He pretty much tells me he hates him. (laughs) Right. Constantly. Constantly. (laughs) So they're back at the plantation and we're starting to see like dead slaves. We get a scene of them like pulling some dead slaves out of the river and in the book they kind of we get this whole story basically how Lestat goes down to like where the slaves live and kind of picks them off mm-hmm. as you know when they're wander if they're wandering um but so we do get a it touches on that a little bit in that scene um but we know that they're starting to catch on that these guys are vampires right 
They and, don't eat any of their food. <laughs> yeah, there's they're not dumb. They know yeah. something's going on. So then also at the same time, we're starting to see, you know, a little bit more about Lestat. We know that he came from Paris and Louis really just wants wants to figure out more about being a vampire. He's trying to get answers from mm-hmm. Lestat. And Lestat just seems like he's full of crap. Like yeah. he just doesn't know. I don't know if he just doesn't know, but he tries to play it off of like I don't want to answer this question, right. you know, and just kind of defers it all. Uh, and at the same time, we then get introduced to Yvette, their, <laughs> one of their maids. Mm-hmm. And she's a, actually, she's from the lady from Westworld. Yes, Thandie Newton. I love her. Mm-hmm. She's actually also from Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if she was super famous back then. I don't think so. Which makes sense why she had such a small part, but I love her and I I wish she would have been in the movie yeah, more. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, but we see a scene where she comes in and, you know, she's basically telling Louis, like, you need to get rid of this guy. Like, the slaves don't feel like they have a master anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't come down and talk to them. Like, they don't kn- trust him and they don't trust you. Exactly. So, uh, so then he kills her. <laughs> Which I was like, that wasn't nice. She's trying to warn you. Yeah. You know, the slaves are starting to riot. And at, at one point, you know, Louis just starts burning down the house himself. He's like, I'm done with this. This is this is nuts. And he carries Yvette outside to the slaves. And he ba- and he tells the slaves, like, I'm the devil. Mm-hmm. I am the devil. And this scene doesn't happen in the book. We get a little bit different of a story. We get a story about a woman named Babette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, the, uh, Babette is a woman that lives on a different plantation um her i believe her brother is killed yes her brother who runs the plantation yes um lestat kills her brother and uh you know they're they're upset they're in mourning whatever and louis actually goes to her and in the in the shadows explains to her like you know you need to Basically, take charge. This this is now your plantation. Be a woman. Be a woman. Blah blah blah. Anyway, we get a series of he he visits her. You know, sometimes with her knowing, sometimes without her knowing. We realize that he's kind of kind of developed a uh, love for her in a way, and eventually sh- he chooses to actually show her who he really is, and she actually tells him that she's. He, she thinks he's the devil and that's kind of how that happens. So instead in the movie, he chooses to be like, I'm the devil run away. You're all yeah. free. <laughs> Go. So same, same. But yeah. But Babette is in the book quite a bit. So I was, yeah. I was very interested that they didn't, I thought it was interesting that they didn't have her at all in the, in the movie, but I think we'll get to it obviously, but I think Claudia kind of takes her place and it's really not relevant in the movie yeah. to bring her up. It's fine. I'll take Babette over Claudia. <laughs> so now that they don't have a place to stay because they burned down the house, uh, they move. They move to New Orleans, which is you know just kind of the big city down down the road from mm-hmm. the plantations, and we get a scene where Lestat is in their suite with two women, and he bites one of these women's boobs, and I'm like, that looked painful also at this point why does the woman not realize that her boob is being big <laughs> it took her a really long time probably it will i don't know do they have fake, fake boobs back then probably not probably not oh but she probably had like a corset and stuff on still though the guy <laughs> literally stuck his teeth in your boob i think they have some sort of like magic powers where they make these women like where you can't feel someone biting your boob no no no, no. like like makes them like Almost <laughs> drunk with, like, the love that they have for these guys. Like, I don't know how drunk I'd have to be to not feel a boob bite. <laughs> Listen, if you get enough white claws in me. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so, Louis is, you know, he's still not detached from his feelings. So, he comes and he sees this happening. And he's like, this is not right. Yeah. Like, and, and Lestat, at the same point, is telling him, like, the reason you still are so attached to your feelings is because you're not feeding you're not feeding correctly once you start feeding all your feelings are going to start going away and you're not going to like be so uptight basically feeding on humans not on animals yes exactly and you know at this point he puts the poor girl in the coffin and i'm like oh that's my worst nightmare literal buried alive he doesn't bury her alive but you know she's in her coffin and you know and he lestat wants louis to kill her and he just like i won't yeah. Like I won't. And then, and then, so Lestat ends up killing her, but Louis walks away and he's like, God, you are all that I have to learn from. And I'm like, <laughs> I love that line because he's just like, I'm screwed. Yeah. Like if you're the, if you're who I have to learn from, I have, there's no hope for me. Right. Exactly. Basically. Uh, so Louis walking around the streets of new Orleans, 
feeling his feelings and he hears a young girl crying. He goes in and he sees a young girl crying next to her mom who's been dead for a minute. Mm. And by a minute, I mean probably a couple days. Yeah, if not more. (laughs) If not more. And she thinks her mom is still alive, that she's just sick. So Louis ends up biting, biting the little girl really to like actually feed on her. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) he's, he's finally reached his wit's end and it's like, well, I guess I should just do this. Yeah. And so at this point, of course, Lestat walks in (laughs) and he picks up the dead mom and starts dancing with her, which I don't think happens in the book. It It does. does? Oh my gosh. I guess it was just way more like jarring to like actually see (laughs) See it. it? Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. So Louis runs away because he's like, this is the worst. Uh, And, he comes home to find that Lestat has brought the little girl back to their their house, that she hasn't died. Mm-hmm. And Louis at first is like very grateful, like, oh my gosh, I didn't kill her because he was very, you know, upset about that. Yeah. Come to find out that Lestat wants him to turn the little girl into a vampire. Right. And that's what Lestat ends up doing. He yep. turns her into a vampire and her hair transforms into that <laughs> awful curly, like, <laughs> ugh. Like With, Shirley Temple Yes, Pearl. Shirley Temple, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Something to note, too, um, not that it's, you know, it's not that much different, but in the book, um, a couple of days pass before Lestat brings Claudia um, mm-hmm. to their house. She actually ends up going to an orphanage because yes. the reason that her mom died is because there was a huge plague that kind of took over this area of, of New Orleans and they take her to an orphanage and Lestat finds her in the orphanage and brings her to their house. Uh, and so as a happy vampire day gift he gives her a maid to feed on (laughs) she's now their daughter and they did keep in the part like that happened in the book when they're like you're our daughter and she's like i'm not your daughter (laughs) i was like yeah you're not their daughter uh but you know in you know we come to find out that lestat did this because he knew that louis was getting ready to leave Mm -hmm. and he knew that this would keep her around which how many relationships end like that it'll the kid will fix our relationship well, yeah. And it was kind of the start of the relationship between Louis and Lestat is very odd. You know, it's, I actually did read that at one point when they were adapting this film is that Anne Rice actually almost thought about changing Lestat's character to a female oh. because she thought it would get, it wouldn't do as well because their characters, Hom- yeah. you know, are kind of homosexual. Yeah. And she thought, especially at that in 94, I can see why, you know, she would be a little bit afraid. In the book, I think it comes off a little bit more than it did in the movie. A hundred percent. I mean, even we'll get to it, obviously, but Louis' relationship with Armand is a hundred percent more of a homosexual relationship. Yeah. Than, and at this point, I'm like, dude, remake it. Remake it and go full <laughs> with it. Because I was reading That's it. I, I mean, I fully, I, I loved how it was portrayed in the book. Well, and like, uh, kudos to Anne Rice, because these things were probably happening back then. Oh, for Pe- sure. People were just not talking about exactly. it. Exactly. So. Just in the vampire world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Claudia is now a vampire and they spoil the crap out of her mm-hmm. um but she's a fierce little killer she just kind of runs around and kills does what people she wants does what she wants <laughs> like any spoiled 12 year old <laughs> and she sleeps in the coffin with louis um for a while and then she goes and gets her own little awful looking <laughs> white, white, white little coffin <laughs> yeah and in the book in the book she actually goes and gets the coffin and then just doesn't sleep in it because she ends up sleeping with louis yeah. for quite a bit longer um but she actually you know at first she was just killing people very quickly and then she learned to like play with them kind of like what Lestat does exactly and like plays the whole like i'm a lost child mm-hmm. and then kills the people who are trying to help her so she's scary yeah uh and then she went to a doll shop which this i was sad we didn't get more of this scene when she went to the doll shop because it, it it's a little it, they play it out a little bit more in the book how she goes to f- look at these dolls that look exactly like her and then she ends up killing the doll the the doll store owner. I legitimately don't remember that in the book. Really? It was like a, it's way more drawn out in the book. We'll talk about this towards the end, but I had a really hard time following this book. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit of a hard Which one. Which is saying a lot for me, because I, yeah. I usually am really good with with keeping up with the book, but yeah. yeah. Um, I legit don't remember that <laughs> happening. Uh, but they also, you know, they, they talk about how her and Lestat's uh, relationship was more of like a killing relationship. Mm-hmm. Her and Louis had a more like father daughter relationship. Yeah. Um, but her and Lestat used to go and like kill full families together. Yeah, which it was, was more like, of like a teacher student type relationship. Exactly. Um, but then at this point, we find out you know she's a woman who's growing in a child's body, like we mentioned before. So the movie actually jumps thirty years. 
so the and Claudia is still exactly the same way that she was, and she throws this awful temper tantrum that I'm just like, oh, Kirsten Dunst, please stop. And they end up so at one point she's looking, they're walking around the city, and she sees this this naked woman in the in the window, and she's like, "Am I ever gonna grow up to look like that?" And they're like, "No, mm-hmm. like you're not." And then we get this scene where she's in her bedroom, she's throwing this awful te- temper tantrum, and she's drawing this picture of this woman, and then the woman is in her bed, dead. That was so creepy. I did so not expect creepy. that. <laughs> so creepy because it doesn't happen in the book no. at all. But I kind of loved the scene. It was kind of yeah. really creepy and kind of like drove home like the, that whole idea. Yeah. Also, I love that she just decided to hide her underneath all of her dolls. <laughs> well, I mean, you're 12. What do you do? You hide everything under your dolls. But like, doesn't the stench eventually like overpower or do they not smell when vampires kill them? I don't know. But maybe they're just used to the, the smell of death. <laughs> Uh, but she was at this point, she wants answers. She wants to know who turned her into a vampire. You know, at, at this point, Louis is like, all right, we need to tell her the truth. We need to tell her she's not going to grow up. We need to show her what happened. So he actually takes her back to where he found her mm-hmm. and tells her the whole story. And I'm like, you didn't remember that? <laughs> like, you're I mean, 12. Well, technically, yeah. I'm- like, does all of your memories get No, erased? but if you've lived 30 plus years in a different life you tend to forget uh, i feel like that's a pretty significant thing that happens in your life well if you they had stuck to what it was in the book and she was actually five try to remember things that happened to you when you were five I as opposed mean, to 11 but she's 11 or 12 in the book or in the movie <laughs> i don't know but anyway she says she's like i hate you both and i'm like oh gosh that's what ray's daughter says to you a lot <laughs> She hates us. Uh, but she ends up forgiving Louis, um, but she wants him to leave. And she she wants to get away from Lestat. And so she kind of hatches this plan to get rid of Lestat. And I, this scene was so funny to me. So he's playing the piano and she walks in and he's like, your presence irritates me. <laughs> and I was like, I need to start saying that when people walk in the room that I don't like. Like, your presence irritates me <laughs> i love that line that was good uh but claudia goes to talk to lestat and she's like i have a present for you and ends up that she has two twin boys for him to feed on and she actually ended up poisoning the boys with something that killed them but then kept their bodies warm so lestat decided he would actually feed from them but we all know that if a vampire drinks somebody's blood who is dead it's very poisonous to them she used something called laudanum which i never heard of right he says absinthe at first and i's in the book yeah but i don't know what laudanum is no evidently that's what it does (laughs) it kills you uh and then she ends up slicing his throat and and drains him of blood and she's like this little demon child and he's dead dot 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 or is he or is he he like shrivels up it was creepy yeah like his his, like lips curl in it's really creepy but they go and put him in the swamp which is what they do in the book Mm -hmm. as well uh and at this point louis like really kind of torn like he's kind of okay that the stats gone because he's kind of a dirtbag but then he's like this kid might be crazy too like (laughs) kind of scared of her uh so but then they planned and moved to europe they're like all right we need a new start like let's let's go and to Europe and try to see if we can find other vampires like us to get some more answers. And before they leave, Lestat ends up showing back up from Mm -hmm. the dead. He's alive. (laughs) Uh, And then he's actually fed on the animals from the swamp because duh, he's not really dead Louis. But I guess if Louis knew answers, he would have known that. I don't know. I feel like I would have known that. Wouldn't have you? But you know a lot more about vampires than they do. <laughs> I mean, I've seen Twilight like a hundred million times. I'm, right, a, I'm exactly. a vampire expert. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but Louis ends up throwing a lamp at him and it catches fire. And it like basically, again, there's a lot of fire in this movie. Mm-hmm. They burn things down a lot. Uh, but they ended up, uh, Louis and Claudia end up fleeing the boat. Uh, and as they're watching basically the French quarter go up in, in flames and presumably they think Lestat is for sure dead this time. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. Or is he? (laughs) Um, so one thing that we didn't get in, in the movie is we, when they first get to Europe, they actually have an encounter with like a group of people and a different type of vampire. Mm -hmm. So they're in Transylvania, I believe. And they, you know, go to this hotel to kind of have a place Mm -hmm. to sit. Hotel Transylvania. (laughs) That's funny. So they go to this hotel and, you know, just to to spend the night or whatever. And there's a group of people there. Um, There's one guy named Morgan who 
presumably her, his wife's like dead on the floor, um, come to find out that they had gone to a viewing of some vampire lady who basically rose from the dead from her grave. And now these people think that Emily, his wife, is also a vampire. So they're planning to like do the same thing to her and like, you know, I think burn her alive yeah it was a very muddy her part dead, of the say. book i had <laughs> yeah. a hard time following this anyway story. long story short they flee from the hotel they find this like a mansion or something um where they encounter a vampire who is essentially almost more of like a zombie like yes. vampire than a zombie pyre yeah <laughs> zombie <laughs> which is very different from what they're used to and who they're you know used to seeing so they're like oh my god is this what's out there? Like we thought maybe there would be other vampires like us. If this is what's out there, like this sucks. Anyway, um, whole drawn out thing in the book that doesn't happen at all in the movie. Right. And, <laughs> and then really, it has no, nothing to do with the story. No, really. it's it doesn't completely irrelevant. Story. <laughs> uh, so they're in Paris now. So it skips ahead to where they end up going to Paris because basically they say it's like the New Orleans of Europe. Yeah, which, Creole. Yeah, which I can agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, but Claudia is even more spoiled in Paris <laughs> than she was in New Orleans, if you can believe that. I just want to be Claudia when I grow I know, up. I know, right? No thanks, though. Um, <laughs> but they end up running into, or Louis out walking and another vampire finds him. And I love that they actually played this scene out in the movie mm-hmm. and the other vampire is actually mirroring uh, all of the motions of what Louis is doing. And he ends up calling him a buffoon mm-hmm. and is like, what, what is this? <laughs> and then Armand shows up. We get our first, our first vision of him and he invites them to a theater and says that, you know, please come. No one will harm you there. And so they're like, Oh, there actually might be other vampires right. that are, that are like us. But Louis very willingly is like, okay, <laughs> what else have sure. they got to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, so they go to this play and the vampires are putting on a play of vampires re- pretending to be humans, pretending to be vampires is how they explained it. And they end up bringing out like a real woman on stage and they kill her. Mm-hmm. Armand is on there and he ends up, you know, feeding off of her and telling her, you know, you're not going to feel any pain. And, while there's like an actual crowd watching this because they think it's a play. Right. <laughs> but then they like walk out and they're like, Hmm, I don't know if this was like, was it real? I definitely got that vibe in the movie. In the book, it sounded like they were enjoying themselves and yeah. like applauding and they were so excited. But yeah, in the movie, at least they felt a little bit more realistic about the situation. Yeah. They're like, mm, I don't know if we just saw a murder. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And then, so they end up inviting them after the play is ended to where they live, which is underneath the theater, which I thought was really cool. Looking. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I was a vampire, I'd be okay living there. Like it looked kind of cool. <laughs> Too many people though. Uh, and we see that Armand has a young boy that he feeds on, which ha- which she does have in, mm-hmm. in the book. And it's funny. I was watching this movie with my mom and she's like, well, why doesn't Claudia just hang out with that little boy? <laughs> And I'm like, mom, because that's not a vampire. That's He's an actual kid. human boy. Yeah. She's like, well, just turn him, him into a vampire. And I go, that would be too easy. That would make too much sense. Uh, but he's just a little boy that he feeds off of. Evidently, kids are like, they like feeding on kids more than anything else. Probably because they have more like fresh blood. Fresh blood and like vi- vitality. Is that the right word? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, but Louis tries to ask Armand questions now. Like, who, you know, who are we? Who made us? Like, what's the origin of the vampires? Because he knows that Armand's a little bit older of a vampire, so he might know these questions. They end up having this really, like, philosophical discussion about evil and God. And, like, <laughs> it, this whole part of the book, I was like, I am not following. Yeah. But we'll go with it. You guys seem to be enjoying each other's company. <laughs> uh, and as he's leaving, though, um, Santiago tells him, you know, the, one of the main rules of being a vampire is if you kill another vampire that's like basically a death sentence. Yeah. Like you will be killed for doing that. And so Claudia's like, mm, what? Yeah. tried to kill one? Yeah. He might be dead. So like, <laughs> am I really in danger? Sure. <laughs> um, so, you know, but then they're back at the hotel and Claudia's like, Armand wants you. Like super jealous. And I was like, yeah, he does. And he's way better than you. <laughs> <laughs> you. Uh, but so Louis goes back to the theater, you know, a couple days later to talk to Armand and Armand t- tells him that, you know, Claudia is in danger. Mm-hmm. And it, in the book, they kind of talk more about how Claudia is in danger because they've never really seen a, f- a, a young vampire mm-hmm. like that and that they're almost afraid of her. Yeah. And that's why it also happens a little bit later in the book too. Yeah. Than it does in the movie. And basically they're saying that it's like forbidden to have a child vampire and that, 
you know, what he needs to do is send her away. If he wants to save her, he needs to send her away. And then we start to see a little bit more of the relationship between, or the attraction between Armand and Louis. Uh, Armand tells him that he's never met a vampire like Louis, who basically still has his human soul mm-hmm. intact. And I was like, that's perfect. That's exactly what I, yeah. <laughs> the best way to describe him. Um, Armand is so wise. He's so wise and just, you know, <laughs> nice looking too. Uh, but we find out that Armand actually knew Lestat and, you know, we don't get fully a whole story, backstory of how they knew each other. Uh, but then Armand tells, you know, Louis that he would teach him, that he could teach him his ways. So, but Louis leaves and he comes back to the hotel and finds out that Claudia has brought back a woman named Madeline, mm-hmm. Madeline, whatever. Madeline. And uh, she wants Louis to turn, turn her so she will have a companion because she's convinced that Louis going to leave her. Mm-hmm. So she throws another one of her little temper tantrums. And, you know, we come to find out that Madeline had a little daughter who died and she wants to be turned because, you know, now she has a daughter that can never can, die. Can never die. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Or can she? <laughs> uh, so Louis actually ends up turning her and she tells Claudia like, okay, or he tells Claudia, you know, now we're even, you know, the I killed what was human in you by me turning her. That was like the last humanity in me. Cause I said, I would never do that. So sad. Uh, so a little different at this point in the book, we get this like really deep heart to heart conversation between Armand and Louis and Armand actually had a little bit, he played a part in the turning of, of Madeline. Yeah. So like we mentioned earlier, you know, that there's much more of a romantic love relationship in of, of the two of them in the book where to the point where they actually tell each other that they love each other. We find out that Armand actually had a little bit more, like you said, to do with uh, Madeline being turned. Apparently when they were in the hotel room, Armand was outside and he basically did some sort of a mind trick um to take over louis mind to kind of force him to to turn madeline into a vampire um because he realized that you know like claudia was saying she really does need a companion if he is to leave and to leave with armand and not to mention in the book we get a little bit more of a we get more of a heartfelt conversation between louis and claudia where like you mentioned she she's almost like bitching at him to do it in the movie in the book it's more of like a i know you're going to leave me it's going to be super sad but in order for me to also survive because technically i'm a child i need like a motherly figure i need somebody to take care of me so we we get a little bit of more of an emotional uh encounter during all of this in the in the book versus the movie yes and I was kind of sad we didn't get it. I wanted to see that yeah. that whole thing play out how it did in the book. So I was a little disappointed on how it happened in the movie, but... Well, and to your point of they didn't really want it to be more of a romantic kind of relationship. Mm. That's maybe why they took it out. Yeah, I, I guess. So at this point, though, in the, in the movie, when Claudia and Louis are having the talk out on the balcony right after he turned Madeline the theater vampires come in and they take them mm-hmm. and you know, they take them back to the theater. They put Louie in a box and they put Claudia and Madeline in this like dungeon looking thing. And basically as the sun comes up, it ends up burning and killing Claudia and Madeline. And it's like really sad. Cause like yeah. Madeline's trying to like protect her like a mom and they end up, they do end up dying and Armand ends up, you know, rescuing, Louis from the box and you know then Louis goes and finds the ashes of the two women so it's sad. so sad and that happens quite a bit different actually it, it happens in the book but there's somebody else there in the book yes happens. so first off when when the vampires come to take them from the hotel room Claudia is actually able to run away she you know Louis's like go like leave so they actually end up taking just the two of them Louis and Madeline and then later go and find Claudia and bring her um, so there's that and then like you said it's 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 a little different um, because Lestat actually shows up at this point in the book. Uh, basically, he wants these vampires to kill Claudia for trying to kill him. And they're willing to do it because, you know, that's that's their one rule. You can't kill your own kind. But Santiago kind of wants to also include Louis in that because he's like, well, he was also in on the plot of, of wanting to kill you. And he's like, no, I don't want you to do anything to Louis. I just want you to kill you know, the girl, Claudia. So yeah, he comes in, there's no mention of him. He's nowhere to be found. Um, I'm not sure why they did that. 
uh, or why they didn't bring him into the movie at this point. Because, I mean, he still comes later. We'll yeah. get to that. But. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting how they changed that a little bit. And I was yeah. I kept expecting him to show up. I did up, too, yeah. You know, but... Uh, so at this point in the movie now... Louis on a on a rampage. Mm-hmm. I have it in my notes as Louis Revenge, <laughs> and he basically he burns down the theater with all the vampires in their coffins. He uh, just starts whacking heads off with the big you know death stick mm-hmm. thing. That also doesn't happen in the book. No, and and he ends up slicing Santiago in half with it, which <laughs> that does happen. He does do yes. it the same way in the book, and then he walks out into the sunlight. And then Armand comes with his carriage because he wasn't in the, he wasn't in the theater at the time. And he comes with his carriage and he, you know, takes Louis away and saves him. Louis like, you knew I was going to do this and you didn't warn them. Mm-hmm. And Armand was just like, that was their decision. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And he wants him. <laughs> and then we see them like together, like, I take it it's in the Louvre because that's what they were kind of talking. They were talking about that in the the book. Don't really talk about it in the movie. (laughs) But then like Armand's like, come and live with me. I will teach you everything. And Louis like, no No thanks. thanks. And I'm like, (laughs) what the heck? Because that's not how it happens. That's not how it happens in the, in the book at all. No. So in the, in the book, uh, he does burn down the theater. Um, like we mentioned, it doesn't, it's not as dramatic as it is in the movie. Like the majority of them are sleeping and that they just burn, you know, to death. Louis actually ex- escapes on his own from yeah, the theater. Yeah, he, he had an escape plan. Yeah, and then eventually Armand finds him. What I loved about the movie and the fact that he brought the carriage is the boy is still alive. The boy that he yes. feeds off of, which is not the same in the book. In the book, he eventually dies. Armand says that he dies. So it was, it was nice to yeah. see the little boy. <laughs> um, but yes, in the book, they actually plan to travel the world together to learn more about you know the history of vampires and all this stuff and we don't get any of that he's just basically like i'm a lone wolf and i'm gonna he's like see ya and i was like no which i didn't understand because through in the book it made sense you know his his whole life or his whole vampire life he longs for companionship that's why he clung to claudia so much and that's Mm -hmm. why you know him and armand have this relationship but in the in the movie he's just like no i'm good being by myself right and i was like okay (laughs) all right i know i wanted them to be together but i mean the one thing is that he did say when he turned madeline like his humanity was pretty much gone at that point and you know so all those feelings he had might not have been there i who knows? Yeah. Uh, but at this point in the movie, Louis comes back to America, uh, you know, and we start to see like America evolving, you know, and he, there's movies out now. He can see the sunrise through the films. You know, they went from black to white, black and white to like colored. Um, he ends up moving back to New Orleans cause that's, you know, where he was from and where he loved. And, and so now he's, he's walking around New Orleans and he smells death. Mm-hmm. And so he goes back to the old house where him and Lestat and Claudia lived. Oh, it's that same house? Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch yeah. that. At first I thought it was a cemetery. And then as he's getting there, I was like, oh, no, that's the house that they oh, lived Oh, I just in. assumed it was a you know rundown house. No. I didn't realize. <laughs> and it Makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, and we see dead rats everywhere. And then all of a sudden, Lestat is there. And he's alive. <laughs> and he's sitting in this chair. And I'm like, has that guy been sitting here this whole time? Mm. Like he's just been chilling. There. He looks like he's been sitting there the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and realistically, you know, in the book, they talk about how he ends up not, it, it happens a little bit differently. You can discuss that, but he basically decides to never leave the house again. Yes. And in the movie, they have like a helicopter, like shining in and mm-hmm. Lestat's like, what is that? Like, Oh my God. Like what? And you can tell that he's deathly afraid of the way that, the world is changing right. and he does not want to go outside because it's so different. And he almost thinks that like Louis back to be with him and he's like excited. <laughs> and Louis like, Nope. See ya. Gotta go. Gotta go. Yeah. But it, yeah, it happens way differently in the book. Yeah. So in the book, um, while Louis and Armand are kind of traveling the world, at one point, Armand tells him that Lestat is actually still alive, um, which is kind of why it kind of sparks him to want to go back to New Orleans, because he wants to see him. Obviously, they had, you know, somewhat of a relationship. So when he goes back to New Orleans, he doesn't actually just smell death. He actually runs into a younger vampire that leads him to Lestat. And at this point, he walks in and he realizes this vampire has been taking care of him. He's brought him like a baby to feed off of. And yeah, like in the movie, he's been stuck in this house for God knows how long, whether it's out of just sadness, whether it's out of, you know, who knows what reason he's, he's chosen to, to live here now. And, and like you said, he, he hopes that 
uh, Louis will stay with him, but Louis's like, I've got other plans. I'm not. I'm not planning to, to hang out with <laughs> yeah. you. Um, but he he chooses to leave, and for whatever reason, he takes the the child that he's meant to feed on and puts him back to where he belongs or whatever. So um, that's kind of how the book ends. Well, yeah, and I I like the part where. Cause you met, did you mention about how there's like another vampire, like being his companion? Yes. The younger yeah, yeah. vampire. And he's just like, he's gotta like, go. I'm leaving too. Well, and he's like, wait, are you going to be here? Like you got him. I got him. Like who's got this guy? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I thought it was, I, I, I wish that we would have seen that in the, in the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's technically, I mean, that's kind of where the book ends. We do get, a, so at the next part of the movie and how the movie ends is that the interview is now over. Mm-hmm. We're back into, you know, modern times and the interview is like, the interviewer is like, well, that can't be it. That's not going to be how it, how it ends. Like that can't be it. And at one point he's like, okay, well turn me into a vampire now. Like I want to be a van after hearing all of this, like all the things that you can do. Yeah. yeah. Like I want to do that. And like, basically Louis like, you haven't been listening to anything I said. Like, I'm not going to like, that's not happening. Like, and like, I clearly didn't do my job. (laughs) Yeah. And so he leaves. And then, so the interviewer ends up running out into his car and he's driving and he's, and he puts the tapes in and he's on the golden gate bridge. And all of a sudden Lestat jumps out from the back of the car and bites him. Like, where did you come from? Where did you come from? (laughs) And, and then he, and then he basically tells the interviewer, like, he's like, I'm going to give you a choice that no one ever gave me. Mm -hmm. And, And insinuating that, he is now going to turn the interviewer guy into a vampire to be his companion. Yeah. And that's how start and, the cycle all yeah, over again. And that's, and that's how the, that's how the movie ends. Yeah. It, it ends a little bit differently uh, in the book. Yeah. So in the book, we do get that final scene of the interview kind of coming to an end and same thing. The interviewer is like, well, you've said all these great things about what you, what you people are capable of, like turn me into one. He's like, why? After everything that I have told you, why would you want me to turn you into a vampire? And he actually ends up biting him and um, he passes out from obviously being bitten. And when he comes to, Louis is nowhere to be found. And we kind of get the sense that he is starting to already turn into a vampire. So he turns on the tapes of these recordings that he has with Louis. Basically, what we're kind of led to believe is he's trying to find the whereabouts of Lestat, um, whether to go to him to help finish the the turning or what that is we I don't was like, know very but... resourceful yeah that was actually very <laughs> smart of him i was like hmm, yeah not, not bad <laughs> so we don't get like a full ending in the book or the movie but it's because there's more stories after there's this. 12 more there's 12 more <laughs> uh but when you have to answer the question did the book stay true or did the movie stay true to the to the book i mean what would you say i would say yes yeah absolutely yeah. there was like it was one of those movies where it's like the, there was some line for line, yeah. but again, Anne Rice is who did the screenplay. So that was as expected. Yeah. So well, and it sounds like yes. the things that she wanted to, that changed are things she wanted to change, right. which not doesn't happen all the time as exactly. we've seen with Stephen King, you know? So it was at least it done in a way where she was happy and she left the audience still happy too, yeah. which is good. So would you buy the book? Or the movie ticket? Like I said, I struggled reading through this book, so I'm going to have to go with the movie. <laughs> So fascinating. I would actually choose the book, which now, I don't think this is how, this is a first for us. This has not happened. I, mean, I love, I do love this movie. I think it's a classic and it's one of those movies that you can, it kind of just puts you into a mood. It's mm-hmm. kind of subdued or whatever, but I, I really enjoyed the book. There were some parts where I'm like, I'm a little confused. Mm-hmm. Not sure if I, re- if, if I'm comprehending this correctly, yeah. but I thought she did a beautiful job of keep like, there's parts where it's like he's talking to the interviewer about what he said and I could still follow it. And I'm like, I'm like, that's "That's gotta be hard to do. And like, I just, I love the relationships portrayed in the, in the book a lot better than in the movie. I'll give you that Um, for sure. So yeah, so I, I would take the book, but again, I love the movie too. I'm curious since you obviously saw the movie before you read the book. Yes. How did you feel like, what were your expectations going into the book? Like, were you like, were you hoping that it would be very similar to the movie or like were you pleasantly surprised uh i had a feeling it was probably gonna go along those lines Mm -hmm. because it it was written quite a while ago and it was a little bit of an aged piece so i was i mean i was pleasantly surprised but i was i you know kind of was hoping that that's what it was gonna be yeah because a lot of the times like 
<laughs> I always talk to people and they're like, you know, I've seen the movie, but I haven't read the book. I'm like, but you need to read the book. But have you read the book? <laughs> but have you read the book? <laughs> so that's funny. That's Which was the runner up for the title of our podcast. <laughs> yes, but have you read the book? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's interesting. That's never happened. Yeah. So first time for this, everything, right? This day in history. <laughs> All right, that's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Boovie Girls. You can also email us at theboviegirls at gmail.com. And as we mentioned, we are now on Patreon, so you can follow us and um, get a little bit more content, a little bit more us on Patreon. More Boovie. More Boovie. We've got two different levels. We've got the rom-com level, which is our $2 level. That gets you our regular episodes at least 24 hours in advance. It also gives you access to our Karen reviews. And Karen is just, you know, the reviewer that has the opinions no one asked for. (laughs) That's how I describe it. That's perfect. Um, We also have the drama level, which is our $3 level. That gets you everything I already mentioned. It also gets you a sticker for joining. You get a shout out like we did earlier in this episode. What up, Saeed? (laughs) And you also get access to our after credits party episodes, which happen (laughs) bi-weekly. And there'll be more to come eventually, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So if you want to become a patron, just go to patreon.com forward slash the booby girls. So we're, we're finished with Halloween season. Hallelujah. I'm really sad about it. <laughs> I'm and ready to read like a rom-com. You're basically, you're basically making us do the complete opposite of what we've been doing the last five <laughs> I know. weeks. We are going to be reading and watching P.S. I Love You. I'm just ready for a good cry sesh. I mean, you caught me with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I'm never going to turn down a Jeffrey Dean Morgan movie. I love him. And also Gerard Butler, who, I mean, who doesn't love Gerard Butler? Okay. I'm actually excited because I don't know about you, but I've only watched the movie. I've never read the book. I didn't even know it was a book. Really? <laughs> no idea oh, it was a book. There you go. So that'll be good. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. Bye.